Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Into the Comics Cave with your host, comic book heartthrob, Grant Stoy. Hello, fellow humans. I'm Grant, and we're just going right into this. Uh, with me, I have a very talented artist and writer. I would just say a general creator of, of comics. Uh, I have Mata Sorcier with me. Hi, Mata. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How you doing? I am good. Uh, spring has sprung and allergies are in full effect. So it's like the double-edged sword of everything's green and nice, but my eyes are swelling shut. I understand that. And also it sucks because like my favorite hobby is gardening and it's like, why am I allergic to the things that I love? Oh no. <laughs> so it's like I'm out there every morning watering the plants like, oh. Oh, I hate and love this. Oh, that's the worst. Do you have to take like a bunch of sinus meds and all the all the this might put you to sleep stuff? Uh, luckily, it hasn't gotten that bad yet. Like non-drowsy Allegra will knock me out, which is like <laughs> unfortunate. But no, I mean, just like generic Claritin and nasal spray has worked so far. I haven't had to, you know, delve into the heavy hitters or anything yet. And like, what kind of stuff are you gardening? Is, are you doing like trying to grow your own produce? Are you doing uh, like botany, botany with flowers and stuff? Uh, all of it. Like, <laughs> I mean, like in on the porch and like in the garden in the front of the house, I do like all the fancy flowers. Like I'm trying to do all of these like crazy arrangements on my porch and in the garden. And then in the back, it's like my secret food garden where like people can't <laughs> see it and steal my stuff. Uh, do you have problems with varmints trying to come in and get your produce? I have problems with humans trying to get my produce. Oh, I thought you were joking. Wait, no, really? I live in the Bronx. Are you kidding me? <laughs> do you know what it's like? Like Tomatoes here one day gone another. Jeez. Have you heard of a food desert? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like. My mom used to try to grow tomatoes in the house, like in the front, and they would just really be gone. Like tomatoes, eggplants, everything. Just... People are the worst. People have stolen our flowers. People steal our Christmas decorations. Like, okay, that's lame. I was gonna I, say, at least I have to laugh or I'll cry. <laughs> I was gonna say, at least they're stealing like healthy stuff. But if they're stealing like everything else, that's not cool. No, it's not. No, I gotta get out of here. Adder, did you did you grow up in New York? Yeah, I was actually born in New York, and I've been in the same house for like. 33 years that's awesome 
Yeah, I'm like, I'm a first generation immigrant. So my parents were immigrants from the uh, small Caribbean island nation of Trinidad and Tobago. And like, they came here and then like my brother was born and I was born. And it's been, it's been interesting, like living between two cultures and kind of cool. not feeling like you fit in. <laughs> I think comics is a wonderful place for that sort of feeling. Though. I mean, yeah, I actually, I came to the realization like a few days ago while I was working on my comic pitch that like all of my main characters sort of have that issue where they're in a scenario where they like, they don't necessarily fit in, but like they just have to deal with it. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, write what you know. <laughs> <laughs> and like, so I can't believe you've been in your the same house your whole life. It feels like that's something that doesn't happen too often anymore. That's really cool. I guess, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, my family in general, we're just stubborn people. And it's like, this is our house. We're staying here, like, for better or for worse, I guess. Like, also, moving is hard. Moving is scary. And it's the worst. Just it is in the general. worst. <laughs> and, like, I hate to say it, but it's like, you know, if I move to a new neighborhood, like... Am I going to get chased by a lynch mob or whatnot? Because, you know, yeah, it's like, you know, people, I have friends who in different states and they're like, yeah, come and live in Missouri. And I'm like, don't know if I want. Is that the state with the two white people in front with guns? Is that that one? I don't want to. Yeah, think no, I'll pass. It's yeah. Like I, I love and hate the Bronx at the same time. I got to say, <laughs> like, I, I definitely fit in here, but also I still want out. What was it like growing up in the Bronx? Uh, well, oh man, it. I think the uh, the most awakening thing for me about living in the Bronx is that uh, in my teenage years, I went to a specialized school. I went to Bronx High School of Science, which is like you know the the second smartest school. I was a total delinquent, got arrested. That's a whole other thing, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I like how you're just breezing past these incredibly interesting facets of your life. <laughs> I just went to this like second smartest school and I got arrested. But anyway, my delinquency ties into it because I failed a lot of classes because I was a delinquent. So I ended up going to my zone high school for to make up for some classes that I failed. And these these kids there, they were like, oh, yeah, I got to pick up my daughter after class. And I'm like, oh, you <laughs> oh like your daughter and like oh my daughter's three and i'm just like oh my god you're in high school how do you have a three-year-old daughter like, you know casually talk about being in a gang and i'm just like oh my holy god. shit i don't know if i'm allowed to curse sorry but you, know, oh, you can you can fucking curse all you want oh fuck yeah awesome <laughs> it, was, it was just that like holy shit like i'm in a terrible neighborhood moment and it's like it took going to my local zone high school to like figure that out so from that moment on, were you like a new person? No, nah, I was still a shitbag. <laughs> you know what? Like, you know what? It, it kind of made me feel better about my own delinquency because I was just like, all right, well, at least I'm not that. Yeah. Oh, that's a great way to look at things. <laughs> so what was that? Like you're, you, you are a self-taught artist. Yeah. What was... Were you an art like artsy kid? I was. I was one of those kids that like I have been drawing since I could pick up a pencil and like trying to make stuff up since like I could form coherent words. But like the odds were kind of against me because it's like 
anytime I wanted to go to an art school, I wasn't allowed, which is how I ended up being a delinquent at Bronx Science. Everything I, just keeps coming full circle. It, it's, yeah, it's my origin story. But like, <laughs> I got into uh, LaGuardia, which was like the top high school for art. But then, you know, my parents were like, no, you're not going to be an artist. Like, you know, there's no money in art. So I was just like, oh, womp, womp. I guess I go to a school I hate. <laughs> but yeah, so teaching yourself is interesting because I, I legit like taught myself to draw just by copying like, you know, anything that was there, like Ninja Turtles, like, you know, Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon and stuff later on. Just right. like it, it definitely takes a lot longer than like traditional schooling. But the cool. Oh, sorry. What were you saying? You're the you're the one who's more important here. Ah, <laughs> oh. but yeah, the cool thing about it is that you kind of learn to do things in ways that like other people haven't thought about doing, like in terms of just like like finding little shortcuts that work, I guess that yeah. like people aren't traditionally taught. Like I have a, a a set way of coloring things, and I've been wanting to make a tutorial on like how to color like a very lazy person and still have it look good. Oh my gosh! Do you know how many people would like donate to get that lesson? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get on that. I've been saying that for years. So, <laughs> and but, how, like, I'm curious about what kind of shortcuts that you you developed. Uh, like the coloring one, or even just like, oh man, what else is there? Now, of course, when you ask me this, my mind goes completely blank. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I guess just, uh. Like with drawing programs and stuff, there are certain things you can do, like involving layers and like stuff like that, that just saves time or just makes sense. Like having certain things like on temporary layers and it's it's a technical weirdness that's probably easier if I could get to show it. <laughs> this is where, unfortunately, we are not a visual medium, which yeah. Stinks. Hey, guys, keep an eye out for my tutorials. <laughs> They'll happen. At some point, I guess. Well, this is this is a great opportunity because uh, you'll this will be running in the thirtieth, and you could have it up by then. I could, I could, but I'm also running like a whole ass Kickstarter, and that's oh, those are a piece of cake. Oh no, yeah, no, no stresses about those. No, not at all. No, no stress here. <laughs> so you yeah. mentioned digital stuff. Did you? When did you start doing digital? I started digital probably like in my late teens when I like saved up money to buy my drawing tablet and stuff but I actually I didn't really get into like fully digital until probably like 2015 2016 or so when I started working on Sacrimony as a webcomic okay. like before that I was actually mostly like traditional I did like uh, marker stuff and like watercolor stuff and I still like that a lot better than digital art because there's just like you're not limited to like what a program is telling you to do like it it's just like if you want a certain effect you can just like find an easier way to make it than like oh well you know i gotta find the right brush and then use the right transparency and layers and whatever like uh, it's, it's just, a hassle we've only been talking for like 10 minutes but just the fact that there's this hardcore diy-ness to to your art style it's like if you don't know how to do something you're gonna figure it out yeah Pretty much. I mean, it's it's like the epitome of like fuck around and find out. Yeah, like when you were when you were initially fucking around, uh, did you use any like how to draw books, or were you just like looking at something on the internet or looking at your TV and just essentially kind of figuring out how to do the shape without tracing? I 
just looked at stuff and tried to figure it out because honestly the how to draw books just like couldn't register in my brain where they're like oh draw a circle then draw like a line through the circle then draw th another line through the circle then like draw a different line here's where you place this here's where you place that so i guess that's where also my like weird mental shortcuts come in that like i don't have to do that to the extent that like other people say like hanging out with artist friends like a lot of people are just like you draw really fast and i'm just like i do like it was it wasn't something that i was conscious of until like other people are just like yeah i'm still on the head and shoulders and you've got like an entire outfit going I'm just like oh i i didn't realize <laughs> Like, I thought it was just, like, super common that people drew fast, but I guess not. Would you say that you have a really good line economy, then, comparatively to all these other folks? Hmm. Yeah, probably. I, I definitely do less, like, underlying, like, sketch work and whatnot to get, like, what I need to get done. That's so... really cool, though, because I bet at conventions you can just be like, uh, just what do you want? Do it real quick. Here you go. What do you want? Do it real quick. Yeah, pretty much. It's like when I used to take uh, commissions at conventions. Why couldn't I say that? Commissions at conventions. That's kind like, of a you know, twister. It is. Like, people would be like, oh, you know, can you do this portrait? Whatever. I'll be back in two hours. I'll like, I'm like, no, you know what? I'll just like, you know, give me your number. I'll text you in like 30 minutes and we'll call <laughs> it a day. Go get me a hot dog. And by the time we come back, I'll be done. Yeah, right. <laughs> that would be awesome. I should have done commissions for hot dogs. I think Ooh. I did a commission for a box of Pocky one time. It was like a really cheap, like quick commission. Was it chocolate or strawberry? It was chocolate. Okay. It was, it was gonna... back in the day when we had like really limited options. This had to have been like, oh man, like 15 years ago. Like the, the Pocky market wasn't what it is now. <laughs> the booming Pocky market. The booming After... Pocky market. Like banana, you got like almond crush now. You got like, if you can dream it, it exists. I think you just you should sell that to Pocky. I like, you know this slogan. <laughs> yeah, right. They sh they should pay me for this. Like I'm you endorsing say, their product. A, do you need a slogan? B, do you need a new uh like labeling, a branding, if you will? Hmm. That's something to look into after the Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what kind of like pieces of art were you into growing up? You said turtles and Sailor Moon. Yeah, mostly, like, I, I was a stubborn kid, which was kind of to my detriment. So, like, since I was, like, 14, I was like, I'm going to draw anime, I'm going to draw anime, I'm going to draw anime. And that kind of bit me in the ass later when it was, like, like, my fundamentals weren't that great. So, like, I had to play catch up on that in terms of just, like, basic anatomy things. There were lots of mistakes. Like, like my, the... Our teacher at Bronx Science used to say, like, my people had no bones because, like, I didn't know how to jo draw joints properly. <laughs> well, you know, like, there's very specific ways that the elbows are and, like, wrist bones and stuff. And okay. I, I didn't have that going. And that, that pissed me off. So I was like, all right, well, I got to get good at bones now. How does one get good at bones? <laughs> uh, figure drawing. Just, like, being more conscious of, like, looking at what you're looking at and really taking it in and seeing how things work. You it's make really... it seem so easy. Oh, no, it's it's not. Absolutely. Like, in all of my director's commentaries that I've ever said for, like, my Sacramony books, like, the, the first thing I always say is just, like, drawing is hard, you guys. It's so hard. There's so much that can go wrong. And I still I still stand by that. 
Oh, absolutely. Anyone who says drawing is easy is a liar. Yes. Would you say or that's they, a fair statement? Anyone who says drawing is easy probably hasn't drawn. <laughs> like, even people who have attempted to draw are just like, it's hard, guys. Or those people who are like, I can't even draw stick figures. It's so hard. Oh, my, my favorite thing is when people are like, I can't even draw a circle. And I'm like, neither can I. That's what templates are for. <laughs> also, whose head is a total circle? There's no, like, don't worry about that. Yeah, right. They're more like like weird potato shapes anyway, right? And how did you start your, your whole storytelling venture? Oh, man. Uh, the storytelling venture, like, Sacramony itself, I've been thinking of since I was probably like 12 years old. Oh, gosh. It, I mean, it was a lot different back then because of course like a 12 year old came up with it and it's like mm. i'm gonna make like a story about the devil that lives in hell and like, <laughs> i kind of wish i held on to those drawings like, <laughs> they weren't bad but like they they were cute they were like you know 12 year old appropriate and it's yeah. just like like my fascination has always been like people watching and like figuring out what makes people tick so that's that's what sacrimony is about it's not like we have to band together and defeat the bad guy it's more of like a long form drama where it's just like the real bad guy is life yeah. <laughs> and they have to like you know get through these obstacles known as life and that's always the thing that's like fascinated me about storytelling even when i was like 12 years old like i had of more interesting time thinking of like all right this is the character this is like their family dynamics these are like you know friends or whatever here's how they interact with each other like they don't always agree with each other and that just seemed more interesting than just like yay guys we saved the day <laughs> team high five at the end yeah right like no not really like so it's you... definitely a sad story but there's there's lots of you know little bits of humor and stuff to to keep you going so that it's not just a total like oh my god everything is terrible fest if you started at 12 i'm curious do you have any like you don't have drawings but do you have original notes or anything like that did you keep a journal no i you know you remember those like little like black and white composition books that you could get from like cvs like i 100%. had so many of them full of like story notes and like I used to like draw in them and and write like story notes, but I think also just like as things changed, I was just like I don't need these anymore. And also, they're like I live in a small place in the Bronx. There's only so much stuff I could keep. So you know what? That's a good point. I I live in like practically a shopping cart. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I almost left water on my nose. Oh my god! You know. Usually people do that to me, so now I know how everyone else feels when they make me get drink up my nose. <laughs> well, you know, I was going to compliment the the wheels on your cart and the, the handle behind you. It's a very good cart. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's a little, <laughs> a little rusty, and one of the wheels are a little janky, but it's okay. Gets the job done. <laughs> the other three compensate. It's great. Yeah, exactly. That's what the other wheels are for. Hello there. My name is Don Cardenas, and I'm here to invite you to check out my podcast, the 2021 Grantee Award-winning Comics Coffee Medal, where I interview creatives in, around, and about the worlds of, you guessed it, Comics Coffee and Metal. I've already had such amazing guests on my show, including, but not limited to, Liana Kangas, Mike Norton, John O'Diener, Michael Conrad, Sophie Campbell, Guitar Max Carlisle, Andrew Baina, and of course, the word bros themselves, Bob and Kevin. Comics Coffee Metal is available on all the major podcast services, and you can find it directly at comicscoffeemetal.com.
comicscave.com. I hope to see you there. And now I return you to Into the Comics Cave with the amazing, awesome, talented, um, tall, handsome, uh, what else did I say? Definitely over six feet tall, smells good like lavender and motorcycle grease. Is that right? Motorcycle grease? Alright. Grant Stoy. There, I said it. Get my money now. Namara, I'm kind of obsessed with this question because it leads to very entertaining answers. Oh, um, oh dear. <laughs> so let's say you go to the Forbidden Restaurant. At this restaurant, you can order anything in the world, but no one will ever know about it. Just the waiter and the cook that pre pre uh, prepares the meal. Human meat. I'm so thankful you didn't even wait for any more. <laughs> you just went right into it. Yeah, no, I, I didn't need anything else. As soon as you said that, like, the, the cook will prepare it, nobody will ever know, like, human meat. Gotta yeah. know. I gotta know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, do you, how do you want it, though? Like, do you want, because this is how I imagine things. Like, when you cut the cow, it has the, the, the shape of, like, the T-bone thing. But when you cut a person, like, on a hunk of their thigh, would that also look like a T-bone? Would you would you want that part? Would you want human nuggets? You know what it is like. Are you familiar with hanger steak? Yes. I would whatever cut would be like the perfect piece of hanger steak, and like, uh, have you ever been to like those like Korean or Japanese barbecue places where there's like an open grill at the table, mm -hmm. and you kind of you cook your own meat there, and then you've got like the different sauces to dip it to. It's you know it's not like I've been thinking about this before. I, I promise <laughs> you, like, I I didn't plan this or anything. But yeah, so I would I would cook it on, you know, one of those nice open grills at mm -hmm. the table and, you know, dip it in my little sauce and see which sauce works best. Usually it's the spiciest for me because I that's what I do. But yeah. Wow, this is a complete non sequitur. Well, it's kind of a sequitur. Uh, like with your background in Trinidad and Tobago, like, do you like spicy food like more more than most folks? Yes, I have an inhuman tolerance for spiciness. Like, I'm the kind of person that chewed, like, ghost pepper gum for fun, which is, like, big rat on steroids, basically. Right. Oh, my gosh. So yeah. What kind of sauces would you be using for your human meat hanger steak? You know, I, I got to give a shout out to the old country and go with the old, like, you know, Trinidad scorpion pepper sauce. Oh, my gosh. How? Okay. From me to you. How in the world do you taste anything beyond, like, the heat of these sauces? I feel like I've burned off a lot of my taste buds, which is why I have to keep going spicier and spicier <laughs> with the sauce. Like, I used to be a total wuss when I was a kid, and now all of a sudden, like, in my old age, I'm just like, ah, you call this spicy. Like, my, my bestie had went to Florida, and she picked up a, a container of, like, ghost pepper salsa and brought it back for me because she's like, oh, here, I guess you'd like it. And, you know, the label says, like, very hot, and I'm just like, I went through like half a bottle a day and I was just like, this isn't that hot. <laughs> this is and false I, advertising. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like someone else who still had taste buds would be like, oh my god, this is the worst. Why would anyone make this? That's so wild. So do you do you think you could taste the human meat flavor beyond the ghost pepper salsa? I think so, because I, I would definitely like to try it without the sauce and like mm -hmm. i want to see definitely like what sauce would complement the human meat Absolutely. not so much as like drown out the taste but it's like all right well you know this this is like a nice piece of hanger steak you get like a little sweet and spicy sauce on there and like it's 
good to go. Would you want to know the name of the person? Hmm. I feel like there there was like a, a a random tangent, but I feel like there was some sort of like supermarket or something that like named their their poultry. Right. And I feel like I guess it would be the same thing. Like, oh yeah, I'm I'm just having a bob. <laughs> Ooh, Daryl is mighty tasty today. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I guess, I guess. I, I don't think it would bother me as long as nobody else knew. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, although I feel like I probably wouldn't be able to shut up about it. Like, oh, man, I ate Bob yesterday. <laughs> what is part of the arrangement of the Impossible Restaurant is that you can't tell anyone. Okay, okay. I, I can keep a secret. I can, I promise. Especially because you're going to have Bob Hanger. Bob Hanger, yeah. Get me a piece of that Bob. <laughs> now, what would happen if you finally tasted it after all this buildup and it just it tastes like wet socks? I'd be like, bro, this is overhyped. I don't know why people literally kill for this. <laughs> What's up, cannibals? Why are yeah. you doing this? Guys, y'all have no taste. And then you just pour the rest of the sauce on it because you're already there and you're hungry. Yeah, at that point. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've already committed to it. I might as well see it through until the end, right? <laughs> oh, I love the Impossible Restaurant. Uh, and honestly, I'm glad someone finally said it because everyone. Are you fucking kidding me? Nobody has ever said human meat. Nope. Everyone's dancing around. They're like, oh, oh, maybe I want this like endangered species. It's like that's not fun. You anyone can. Oh, like a bald eagle. Come on, guys. Think yeah. think bigger than that. Or like, someone has tried that already, and they'll tell you about it. It's probably some rich white guy. And if you ask him, like, have you eaten anything weird? He'll be like, very well. Yeah, it's like, no oh, I eat a bald eagle every month. What are you talking about? Yeah, no one's going to cop to human meat. Wow, I guess I truly have no shame. No, like, I this talked is... about my arrest. I talked about eating human meat. Like, oh, man, I'm on a roll tonight, aren't I? This is this is just pure unbridled bold. You're very bold. The fortune favors the bold, I guess, as the saying goes. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's that's good. Uh, and with that, we're going to pop into, these are five questions we ask every guest. Watch me have a harder time with these than the human meat. <laughs> that was like, you were so excited to say human meat. I could see it in your eyes. They lit up. Uh, I tried to let you finish the question. I really did. <laughs> human meat with ghost pepper, ghost pepper sauce. It's good. No, yeah. no, that's what I'm doing. Oh, honey ghost pepper sauce. How do you... I'm checking to make sure my kids are asleep. How do you even fucking taste the honey through any ghost pepper sauce? It it works. I've actually been gifted a bottle of ghost pepper honey because my friends know me very much and it was it was delicious. I put it on pork chops, but I would also put it on people, gotta say. Have you ever tried hot honey on pizza? No. Oh my, it's so good. It's so, so good. I didn't know that was an option. It is very much an option. Uh, and you should absolutely try it. And it doesn't matter what kind of pizza. Something about, like, the cheese and the sauce and the bread and, and meat or veggie or whatever. It just complements it way more than one would think. Hmm. I will try that. It sounds delicious. Now you're going to try ghost, ghost pepper honey, so it's not even going to be remotely. Oh. <laughs> I mean, 
I, it's not always my default. I, I try other spicy things. <laughs> or less spicy or whatever. It depends on my mood. It's it's not like, you know, two million scovels or nothing. Like there's yeah. there's in-betweens. Have you ever seen the, the show Hot Ones, the interview yes. show? I've okay. bought a few sauces from the show. I've never been able to buy the last dab because it's never been in stock, but I've I've gotten up there. I think my favorite one was the uh, the chocolate plague one, the one that has like, you know, a, a grim reaper on the bottle. Right. That was like like it was one of the ones that was almost like 700,000 scovels or something, but it was delicious. Was it one of the ones my benchmark on that show is always the bomb. Like you can always tell when someone's going to break when they get to that one. It's after the bomb. Really? Yeah, it was like the ninth sauce on one of the seasons, like just before the last dab. Oh, that's hard. I've never, I've never tried to bomb just because I'm like, it, people said that it just tastes nasty, and like I don't yeah. want nasty. I'm not wasting my money on nasty. And that's it's such a like a shitty thing for a sauce maker to do to be like, this doesn't taste good, but it's going to hurt you. But you know what? The funny thing is, I always see it sold out everywhere because like people are like oh i gotta see how nasty this is i guess so like good marketing i guess i don't know there's a bunch of weirdos from school they're like oh my gosh this milk went bad smell this why i know what bad milk smells like <laughs> that was a really good uh tangent by the way <laughs> awesome so All right. five, five questions five questions yes number one uh, mm -hmm. And I'm always curious about writer artists, or do you prefer artist writer? I don't think it matters. I don't know. I guess I drew before I was officially a writer, and I do still have a hard time considering myself being a writer because I I'm not uh -huh. like a writer in the traditional sense where I like sit down and do a script. I kind of just like I do the scripts like on the comic page as I'm working instead of just like doing all the proper syntax like all right special effects this is how the panel is set up or whatever i do i do all the dialogue first and then it's just like i figure out how to draw around that I'm so very thrilled that you special effects as an example because number one is what is your favorite sequential art sound effect i don't like them i don't actually i stopped using them because like it didn't really fit in with my art style because really? i yeah i have more of like a painted looking like you know, cinematic art style. And then when you throw in these like random special effects, it just looks like really, really out of place. Like someone kind of just slapped like a cartoon effect over like something much more serious than something cartoony. So I I stopped using sound effects and a lot of people who've been reading my comic were like, yeah, that's actually a good decision. You don't need sound effects. That's really cool. So like a sound effect to use, I have no idea. Like. Sound effect in general, I think like splorch is really funny. I don't it know if it's even good. yeah, it's like sp her splorch. <laughs> you know, good effect. It's it's definitely like good onomatopoeia there. Unfortunately, true. <laughs> <laughs> so number two is uh, what is something about sequential art that you love? Hmm, that is you know what just the idea of making something out of literally nothing like you have this blank page and then you know like like seven to 14 hours later there's like there's something on there and you're like you're cursing and you're like oh man this this didn't come out this way and like you know you had your struggles but you you finally beat it 
And then it's like it's like Sisyphus rolling that boulder up the hill because then you're just like, oh, well, here's another page I got to do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess just just the ability to just conjure up images out of nowhere and place them in a way that like makes sense and tell a story is like super fucking powerful. Yeah. Do you ever get intimidated by the blank page? Yes. All the goddamn time. Oh. Not going to lie. It's because it, it's still it's still daunting because then you're like, all right, there's words there. And now I have to, like, figure out, like, what to do with these words and, like, how to make it work. And, like, it's it's not like a paralyzing sort of daunting. It's just like, oh, man, how am I going to do it this time? You know, like huh. challenge accepted, but it's also <laughs> still kind of scary. Like, I, anytime someone asks me how I get through, like, even comic making, marketing, kickstarting stuff, it's like, you know how, like, The Incredible Hulk is like, you want to know my secret? I'm always angry. Uh -huh. my, my secret is I'm always fucking terrified, but I just do it anyway. <laughs> That's really encouraging in a way. Like, in a weird sort of way, just be like, yeah. I, I hope so, actually, because there are a lot of people who are just like, oh, I can't do this. I don't know if I have it in me. I'm scared. And it's like, like, I know how that feels. But also, like, if you want this thing to happen, like, what's more important? Like, you know, not being, like, you know, staying in a comfort zone or actually, like, trying to get this thing out there. Mm -hmm. Like, at the end of the day, you have to decide, like, what's more important. Oh, right on. Especially for people, like, aspiring creators who, who are just trying to get into it like that's it's really encouraging yeah thank you and plus I, you you can't order the human hanger steak unless you order the human hanger steak yeah exactly just go for it just 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 do the thing man even if it's like not the best thing you've ever done you can always get to do it over and just like try again which is actually what i did with sacrimony was like when i started it as a webcomic it was really like not that great because I was actually out of practice drawing for a while because I went through like a lot of shit for like a lot of years that like left me not wanting to create. So it was like when I picked it up in 2016, I was like, I was so out of practice. I didn't know like, you know, proper pacing for story writing. I was like using drawing tools that I wasn't entirely familiar with anymore. And it was just like, it wasn't that great. And like I tried kickstarting a printed book back then and got like a super lukewarm reception. It was just like, you know, supportive friends who were like, yeah, we believe in you. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. But there's like, you know, no like actual fans. It was just like people right. buying the book just like as charity, which it, it's a nice gesture, but it also kind of leaves you feeling hollow because it's like, all right, but they're, they're never going to read it. Mm -hmm. So like it went on like that for a while until 2020 when like the pandemic hit and stuff. And I was just like, I got to do something with this story because like I can't like market it and sell it as it is. It's not like, you know, up to professional quality. So let me like, you know, take the year and try to do it over because I had shit else to do because of the lockdown anyway. Yeah, right. So like I that's when I did a lot of practice with like coloring and stuff. And just like I learned to make it better, like I completely rewrote it. It's not even just like, oh, I redrew things like I, I rewrote it. I re rearranged like certain segments of the story oh, wow. and like I made it fit together better. And like it's it's so solid now. I love it. And like I'll never redo it ever again. But like <laughs> just redoing like, you know, starting over was a huge just like it was a bold move. It was a crazy move. People looked at me like I was insane, but it had to be done because it's like first impressions matter. And if like the first chapter was just like, you know, it kind of looked like a, like a 13 year old druid or whatever, like 
it it wasn't going to go anywhere and you can't like necessarily tell people like no don't worry the art gets better the writing gets better like you just have to get them in right away oh yeah so yeah i mean it, it was super validating to do it over and then you know in 2021 like my first kickstarter there was like almost 100 backers just for the first issue and i was like somehow raised almost three thousand dollars which you know back in the day when i was trying to kickstart the old books it was just like oh well i got like 22 backers and raised like you know like a thousand two hundred and it was mm -hmm. super demoralizing and now it's just like i i know i made the right decision even though it was terrifying and crazy like it paid off oh that's awesome yeah, thanks and now that we're on this high note, uh, what's the thing you hate about uh, sequential art or something about it that you dislike? Hmm. I think lettering is probably my least favorite part. Fair enough. <laughs> Which is, it's funny because like, I made my own fonts. I made so many fonts for this comic. Did you really? Yeah, I, I made up like, like, you know, reg the regular font that I use, and I also made, like, certain language fonts, which are just, like, all of these weird little symbols that I use to, like, you know, identify other languages. And it it's yeah. funny to use those, because then it's, like, you'll have characters talking in a different language, and, like, the reader can't understand, and the other characters can't understand. And it's just, like, you kind of, like, you get the confusion of the characters in the story, because you're just looking at these people saying this, like, nonsensical-looking thing, and, like, you, you understand the confusion. But yeah, I think I've made at least like probably seven different fonts already for the story. Oh, that's wild. For like the different languages. Oh, and I, I have fonts for like the translated version of languages. If like, you know, something actually needs to be understood by the reader, there's like the translated version. But I still hate lettering. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's like hearing about someone who's like, yeah, I cut down the trees, I make the wood, I put together these beautiful pieces of furniture. But man, I hate carpentry. Just hate it. Yeah, it, it's yeah. The process itself is always just like it, it's. How, it, I can't describe it. I don't. I can't describe my my depth of dislike for lettering. It's <laughs> it's one of those things where it's simultaneously challenging, but somehow still not challenging enough. Okay. It it doesn't hit the right level of like all right. This keeps me interested, but it it still has uh... to be done. So it's it's become more of a chore than anything else. Yeah, and you know what? Still, I'm like, no, I still I still want to do my own lettering, even though I hate it. Like, it doesn't take that long, but it's just like, oh, this is the most inconvenient ten minutes of my life. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so number, what are we on? Number four. Three. Wait, is it four or three? Yeah, okay. it was. Uh, oh. Sound effect. What do you like? Yeah. What do you dislike? Okay. Okay. Number four. You ready? Okay. This yes, is I'm real ready. tough. Okay. What's your favorite swear word that's not a swear word? Crap, dab it. <laughs> uh, use that in a sentence, please. Oh, crap, dab it! I lost my shoe. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a real not swear word, but I I use it sometimes. Oh yeah, no. As if it's something that. Uh, little kids would point and be like, oh, I would say that was that's a swear word. Crap, dad, but I feel like just just really slips under the fence in that regard. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> and now uh, I got some bad news for you. Oh, no. So, Mata, you were harvesting these tomato plants. 
and the tomatoes were just gorgeous. They're just ripe, beautiful coloring. You can just tell that like one bite out of these would just be the, the tippy tops. Unfortunately, you hear a marathon of gang runners uh, coming down your block, and you're like, I have to do something with these tomatoes. So instead of hiding them, your animal instincts takes over, and you try to eat them all, mm-hmm. but you choke and you die. Yeah. It's so sad. Oh, I went out like a bitch. Jeez. <laughs> but, but you uh, transcend to what the place we conceive to be heaven. And when you get there, you see this surly little man uh, hunched over a drafting board, he's smoking a cigar, and like his entire forehead is just made up these giant, massive black eyebrows. And it's actually Jacob Kurtzberg, a.k.a. Jack Kirby, the father of modern American comics. What do you hope he says to you? Hey, what's up? I think that would be good enough. Like, you know, he just kind of acknowledges me and he's like, oh, hey, what's up? How's it going? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm good. How you doing? You know? Yeah, just nothing, nothing profound. Just a general. Yeah, I mean, he's he's busy. I don't want to, like, take up too much of his time and stuff. Like, he's he's got stuff to do. He's clearly working. Like, yeah, I think I think that's it, really. Is that weird? <laughs> um, so this question has garnered a large spectrum of answers from just like kind of inappropriate to almost like self-aggrandizing. I can't speak. I only write. Uh, I understand. And yours is like Talking right, time. right there in the middle, and it's kind of, it's so profound. I <laughs> yeah, just a general acknowledgement. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's, like, my M.O. Like, I, I, it probably sounds weird, but, like, I don't care about, like, you know, leaving a lasting legacy behind or, like, creating a timeless classic. Like, I just want to enjoy stuff in the moment. And, you know, in the moment, if he says, like, hey, sup, I'd be like, sup, you, you know? Sup with you, Jack? Yeah, like, Jack, sup? <laughs> like, that's, that's all I need. Like, I just need to enjoy the moment. And, like, you know, it's, it's the same thing with creating. Like, I just want to enjoy what I'm doing in the moment. I don't want, like, my shit to sell for, like, millions of dollars when I'm dead. Like, that's messed up. Oh, no, that would be the worst. Can you imagine? Like, how oh, no, I, is that? I gave my friends, like, very specific instructions. Like, if, if I died, like, before them or whatever, just have them just burn everything so nobody can sell anything for millions of dollars. <laughs> like, that's it. It's done. Because uh, that's what the future of IP is going to be anyway. It's just grave robbing for ideas. Isn't that already, like... Yeah. Like, I hate to say it, but there's, like, so many, like, projects on Kickstarter that's just, like, oh, here's my, like, here's my Lovecraft thing. Here's my other Lovecraft thing. Here's Cthulhu. Here's other Cthulhu. Just, like, guys, there's there's other things out there. There's Please. other things that don't refer to other things. Yeah, and there's other things that weren't made by, like, a miserable racist sack of shit that you can capitalize off of. <laughs> Although I, there are some people, I gotta say, that they're like, yeah, I made this out of spite for Lovecraft. Like, there's nothing he can do about it, and I'm using his property. And I'm like, okay, I can kind of get behind that. <laughs> Small applause. There's a golf clap yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, through spite, all things are powerful. I get it. Well, Mara, that was lovely. And thank you so much for, for joining me. Where can folks find you on the socials? Oh, on the social, I am Mata Sorcier, which is M-A-T-T-A-S-O-R-C-I-E-R at like Twitter and Instagram. 
Uh, also, I've got a Kickstarter running for Sacrimonies number one through four. So, you know, like it's it's book four, but if you're a new reader or whatever, you can totally catch up. But like all of the books are available and it's at sacrimony.com slash Kickstarter. That's S-A-C-R-I-M-O-N-Y uh, dot com slash Kickstarter because I made a fancy URL for that. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like check out the comic if you like long form dramas about like dysfunctional families and stuff like kind of like Saga, but like not in space. And if the parents really fucking hated each other, like, you know, <laughs> I highly recommend it, but it's not like I'm biased or anything. It's not not even. This is just <laughs> this is just something you do. Yeah. Well, cool. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thanks so much for taking the time to interview me. This was a lot of fun. This has been a Comic Book Yeti production. You can find new episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere podcasts stream. For more information on the Comic Book Yeti, please visit comicbookyeti.com. And for more of Grant, visit grantstoy.com or on Twitter at Grant and Stuff. What's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now